Good afternoon, friends. It is another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. And as you heard from Uber producer Dan Peters, with the weather at the top of the hour, it's only going to get better. We're going to spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on news, politics, entertainment, sports, and literature. Dan will be here to keep you updated on the latest news and weather. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio at Information 1000, streamed live at KSO.com or with the KSO mobile app. Remember, go out and get that app. That's a new branded KSOO mobile app upon which you can get the latest news updates from Dan and the rest of the crew here at KSOO. And also listen live with just one touch of a button. It's so easy. Got to get it. And uh, many of you folks out there probably have the Radio Pup app, fine app, and uh, has all the various results radio stations on it. But now you can get just your KSOO and and it's there. Easy peasy. And remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or on our Twitter account at P. Lally Show. I hope you all had a great weekend, despite the bone cracking cold. Uh, that really p- killed some plans. I know it was it was more than more than uh, your usual cold for mid February. I think, and uh, we were hoping that we that is behind us. You know, I I it it hurt some of my plans. I was I had plans. I was going to do things, you know. But I have some limits after all. I had hoped to get out, maybe do some cross country skiing on Saturday morning, but I got thwarted thwarted by my own weeniness. Truth is, I could have done it anyway. I could have, I could have been out there. You can fight back against just about anything. I've said that from time to time on this program. It was below zero, but the sun was out and there wasn't much wind. So I, you know, I felt bad, but I, I, I just, I weenied. I weenied, Dan. That's the fact, Jack. <laughs> it is the fact. There's no other way to look at it. So then I was going to ride on my bike trainer just to get some exercise, but then my trainer had a technical malfunction, and it's a it's a it's one of these smart trainer. It's got a computer in it, and ah, didn't work. I had to do some research and order some parts. It was just it was sometimes you just have to give in to what the cosmos has dictated for you. No. Yeah, exactly. I decided not to fight it. It was just turning into that kind of day and. How about some coffee? You know, <laughs> let's go get some coffee. So we did that. And then like magic, you know, if you just sometimes you just got to wait for good things to happen. I got a text from a friend who said, hey, come, uh, we're going to be at the source this afternoon. Uh, yeah, I can do that. It turned into a good time with good friends and a couple afternoon beers, which, you know, it's not something you want to get in the habit of, but on a cold afternoon at the source, which is awesome, by the way. Downtown Sioux Falls just keeps getting better and better. Uh, the source is in the Jones 421 building, coffee and uh, beer shop. Everything that's going on in there is just a great addition to the north end of Phillips Avenue. Then I spent the rest of Saturday night just sitting on the couch watching the Olympics. Dan, There's did you... The uh, Winter Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> there is a Winter Olympics. And, you know, when it's cold outside, it's awesome. And uh, I get I get sucked in. Uh, you know, I, I, I say I'm not an Olympics guy, really. Did you watch, Dan? I did watch some Olymp- Winter Olympics. You know, I I get sucked in. Uh, the only beef I have here is that there's way too much figure skating. Now, I get that figure skating is kind of the... Cash mar- cow. Yes, the marquee sport of the Winter Olympics. But just for the love of God, thank God, you know, now you can. there's alternative channels. You know, and I got an Apple TV, so you just dial up your NBC Sports thing, and if you got a cable code and all that, you you can watch watch a lot of different stuff. So there is respite from Scott Hamilton. Isn't that his name, Scott Hamilton? Um, you know, Scott Hamilton has not been. 
commentating. Last night it was it was Johnny Weir. Yeah, he's been doing like the color and like Tara the, Lipinski. The little pregame. Scott Scott Hamilton's doing the pregame on the skating. Ah, there you go. So you see him out on the little NBC rink, the mini rink they have outside, standing there in ice skates. So they're kind of been ESPNized, right? Remember when Baseball Tonight started doing the demos where, you know, they'd have uh, whoever, back then it was Harold Reynolds showing you how to hit. And then they do the same thing at the f- in the football studio yeah. with, with yeah. Berman and Tom Jackson. Yeah, and now, it's, now it's Scott Hamilton and, and whatever her name is standing there in ice skates, and he's, like, showing you how to, you know, use the blade. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. It's not good. Well, fortunately, you have the opportunity to take that little device in your hand and go, yep. Yep. next channel. And so uh, I did that. I went over to some of the alternative uh, broadcasts with NBC, and I spent some seriously quality time with uh, curling. Canada versus uh, Norway. It was a smackdown. Smackdown with the 40-pound stone. Oh, I was into the luge last night. Yeah, the luge was good. The luge was very good, especially and 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 I was I knew that the German guy was like leading the whole thing by by yep. two like two tenths of a second, which yep. is like an eternity in luge. Yeah. And then I looked, and and then after he his run was over, and it was like, wait, the 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 U.S. guy won the silver, and yeah. I had to watch it back, and and I saw the part where he hit the side that was awesome. of the canal, and I'm like, oh, he hit the he hit the side, and that I knew it. it was over then. That was it. He's right through there, just mentally gone. You lost all your momentum. That's that's yep. it. You're it's done. Over. You're cooked. Just and he was he when he was done, he was crushed. You could tell. But you know that's the life of a loser. Yeah, four years building up to that moment, and then done. Now, don't feel too bad for that guy. He's got two golds and a silver. And yeah, he was basically chasing history, like a Michael, almost like I wouldn't say Michael Phelps, right. maybe Michael Phelps ish yeah, of his accomplishments. Go. Yeah, it was, but it's fun. I love the luge. I like, uh, I like the uh, the snowboard thing with the uh, where they got to do the jumps and everything. There was some of that women's on last night where they the rails and the it's cool. That's fun to watch too. You know what I don't like? It's been around forever. Moguls. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Oh, my wife's, it's your knees have to be just torn up. It's just, you know, the, the body that the, you know, the amount of punishment your body takes doing that. Yeah. And then it's part time, part style, part, I don't know. So it's kind of weird, but so I'm all in, all in on the Olympics. What about the dude who fell on the cross-country skiing and then came back to win? That was amazing. He didn't just fall either. He got run over a big pileup. Yeah. And won by a ways. Yeah, he just he just said, I'm taking this, and you guys are eating my snow. <laughs> Eat my snow. That was amazing. So we're off to a good start with the Olympics. We've got a ways to go. We'll see how things turn out. Uh, more luge, please. I, I'm all in on the luge. and this. Bo- we aren't even to bobsled yet. Bobsled's awesome. Or even the skeleton. Yes, skeleton. That I don't think I could do that. I always thought I could do the luge, but not the skeleton. Anything that's head first seems like a bad. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> I I do a toboggan head first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have a little protection. <laughs> uh, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, our guests include in the second hour. We'll have Jacqueline Palfi. She's in for the monthly KSOO Zambros Community Book Club. That of course is the Zambros Community Book Club that I have just uh, uh, you know glommed onto. So. That'll be good. Corey Heidelberger of Dakota Free Press is my guest on the Blogger Showcase, also in the second hour, and he's out there in Pierce, so he'll fill us in on what's going on. The Common Man's going to kick off our week here with a very special Winter Olympics edition of Weird Friends, and of course the Common Man has a particularly good perspective on these things. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, infrastructure. Oh, you know you love infrastructure. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 320 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, here we go, getting a little closer to free on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. 
Oh, a lot going on in the news today. We're going to clip through some stuff here. First of all, we're going to start in Pierre. Transgender bathroom bill goes down. A uh, legislative committee on Monday voted down a proposal to require schools to write and make public their policies governing transgender bathroom use. That's the lead from the Argus Leader story I saw this afternoon. Thank God this is becoming ridiculous. You know, the bathroom bills, transgender, you know, who can go in. Who get. I imagine, though, that if uh, GDD wasn't in office, Governor Dennis Dugard, if he wasn't there, it would be a different story because he vetoed the thing last year. So look out next year, everybody. It'll be back. Just count on it. Count on that bill being back. Uh, it was 11-1 vote, by the way, when the House Judiciary Committee, which is, you know, good. Good, solid defeat there. Um, in good news, the tax revenues uh, for the state are above average. This from the AP. Climbing tax collections boosts South Dakota budget outlook. So, you know, every year we use estimates to figure out how much money we got, and it's been going down, 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 down. It's been bad. So new figures show the first seven months of the current budget year are $18.2 million or 1.9% higher than the Dugard administration projected in December. That includes roughly $7.6 million in higher-than-expected sales tax receipts, which is our main source. So that's good. I mean, that's, that means that people are spending a little more money. They maybe feel better or they have a little more money. But that's the entire year. Don't start, you know, saying it's all tax cuts just yet. Uh, let's see, though. Moving on to the greater nation. And I think this is uh, pretty interesting. So uh, Donald Trump, Pre- El Presidente Donald Trump, sent uh, Congress a sweeping plan Monday to rebuild the nation's depleted roads and bridges then immediately raised doubts about how committed he was to delivering on that campaign promise. This is the great infrastructure bill that the president has been talking about for a long time. But what was really weird about it, okay, this is just weird, okay? So the president gets uh, all these local and and state people together to uh, uh, talk about, you know, infrastructure, and he's dropping this bill. And he says... Quote, if you want it badly, you're going to get it. And if you don't want it, that's okay with me too. <laughs> oh, my God. So basically he's saying, you know, uh, it's on Congress. Trump suggested his proposal aimed at spurring $1.5 trillion in spending over a decade was not as important to him as other recent administration efforts to cut taxes and boost military spending. His quote, if, you, if for any reason they don't want to support it, hey, that's going to be up to them. Trump said of the Republican control of Congress, what was very important to me was the military. What was very important to me was the tax cuts. And what was very important to me was regulation. Speaking of infrastructure, Trump added, this is of great importance, but it's not nearly in that category because the states will have to do it themselves if we don't do it. But I would like to help the states out. Okay, so basically what this plan is, is they'll offer like, uh, you know, a 20% match. So there's going to be he's offering up 200 billion in federal money to leverage more than one trillion in local and state dollars to fix America's infrastructure, such as roads, highways, ports and airports. They released their 55 page legislative outline today. Uh, Basically, it's saying we'll throw you a bone here if you can pay for it. What's that mean for us? Uh, not so good as I look at it. It seems like a huge cop-out to me. If states had the money to rebuild infrastructure, they would have done it already. Most states don't have that money. We don't have that money. Roads, bridges, utility, water and sewer. I just think it's, it's bad for South Dakota. It's bad for rural America. We don't have any money. The largest road project in state history, by the way, coming up is the interchange of Highway 100 with I-90 and all the construction that goes with it, it's $50 million. So uh, using that 20% figure, that would mean the feds would pay $10 million, and we'd have to find $40 million. We don't got that. It is not going to happen in South Dakota. This highlights the degree to which our fine state is, of course, dependent upon the federal government to pay for roads, bridges, and the rest of it. We got a lot of roads and not very many people. You know, that's the reality of it. We pretend to be this great independent state that pushes back on any sort of federal intrusion at times for good reason. But uh, we've always cashed those checks. We got no problem with that. What are we going to do now? 
There's not much we can do. Raise the gas tax, raise the sales tax, install an income tax. Earmarks are long gone. That used to pay for a lot of stuff. Those are the choices. People in the city here in Sioux Falls complain about constantly about roads. Without federal money, you better plan for things to get a lot worse. And the city, despite the recent reduction in growth, actually has some money. What's going to happen in the rural parts of the state? The counties are broke. They can't keep up. They depend on the state. The state depends on the feds. I look forward to hearing how this affects us from our congressional delegation, our governor, our legislator, legislature, county, local officials. I want to hear what they have to say. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe this is great. It's early days. Maybe. Maybe. I wouldn't think so, and I wouldn't think this plan has much of a chance in Congress. I don't think this is what Congress was expecting. certainly wasn't what I was expecting. It's kind of surprising. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. You can agree or disagree with me, and that's fantastic. I always like hearing from you people. Patrick at KSOO is my email. Use it. Fire away. You can get on our Twitter feed at P. Lally Show and also converse with us there or Facebook Live where we run this show and there's often a little discussion going on there as well. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to chat with the common man for Weird Friends. We're going to talk about the Olympics. That's all next on Information 1000 KSOO. 3.34 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. A uh, little, little bit of a boss for my next guest. One of my weird friends, the common man. Common man, thanks for joining us today on a Monday. Yes, it's good. I'm making an early week appearance. This is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. We've had a we've had a scheduling change, a permanent, as permanent as we get scheduling change here on the Patrick Lally Show. The common man now heard Mondays right here on Information 1000 KSOO. God, can you hear the sounds of all those? You know, the radio DVRs being flipped over. <laughs> That's right. People going into their Outlook calendar right now. Oh, my now. God. I'm sending out the official Patrick Lally Show tweet that yeah. says the official release on this. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That'll be retweeted uh, singles of times. That'll be awesome. <laughs> That'll be awesome. But, no, it's, uh, we you know, between Boon Man used to be on Monday and, and Common Man Tuesday, Hudson on Wednesday, Smart Cyclist Thursday, Buffalo Maiden Friday. That's been our schedule for whatever reason that that schedule has held firm since we started the show back in the sixties and it just not, it just has not changed. So this is our first major change and it wasn't your fault. It wasn't common man's fault. We had to adjust for the boon man, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, you know how those divas are. I know. What am I going to do? Fire him? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, he be, you know, with all the, you know, only the brown M&Ms and the, his, his writer is yeah. Just unbelievable. It is. And, you know, if you've, yeah, he's like, he'll only, you got to get Perrier, you know, and <laughs> that's a problem. It's always a problem. Uh, he, he's hmm. sort of a Frenchophobe, you know, is that what you call it? No, you call it a Francophobe. Francophobe. He's a yep. Francophobe. Only, only, you know, the finest French uh, Cabernets and such, you know, that's oh, the boon. The boon, he, he's high maintenance, yeah, but, you know, is. doggone it, he's worth it. <laughs> hey, uh. Uh, common man, have, are you? Well, I was talking about the Olympics earlier. Are you into it? Oh, oh, sure. I, I, I love, I love all the Olympics. But you know, the Winter Olympics just fascinates me because it, 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 it cements in my mind that about ninety percent of the events were invented by drunk people looking for things to do. <laughs> Curling. <laughs> it's it's the to, it's I, I call it the hold my beer Olympics. Yeah, that's right. It's like you know what. I'll bet you you can't lay on this thing, on this piece, on this little thin piece of metal, and slide down this mountain. <laughs> I can't do. <laughs> hold my beer. Yeah, hold my beer. That that reminds me. I got a note uh, via uh, Twitter earlier today from one of our friends uh, who has left the region for warmer climes, uh, Davy, 
who noted that he once did the skeleton uh, down the 6th Street Hill into Minnesota Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds exactly how that would, something like that would start. Yeah. You know, oh, definitely. And it's, it's, uh, they are. Those people are lunatics. They're, they're clearly out of their mind. And I don't know why the skeleton that you mentioned earlier, that mm-hmm. one, going down here, I wouldn't go down, you know, back in the old days, you know, we'd go down to Spellerberg. I wouldn't go down Spellerberg head first <laughs> on a sled back in the day. Uh, I do recall um, uh, a guy in my neighborhood. I'm going to use his full name, Scott Omer. Uh, we had the, this toboggan, plastic toboggan, you know, with the thing on the front, with the curve oh, yeah. on the front. And mm-hmm. we were over at Terrace Park where we always did our sliding. And we called it the Widowmaker because it was so fast. <laughs> and he got into that thing and put his head kind of in <laughs> front of it mm. and went down and, mm. in fact, did hit a light pole. <laughs> Not, not good. Again, here's an example of a hold my beer moment. Hold my beer moment. Is somebody currently, you know, carrying and watering? Scott, no. no. He actually became a Marine. No, well. <laughs> so Career physical, Marine. Physical pain means nothing to that young no, man, bless his heart. Now he's probably retired from the Marines and living, you know, living well somewhere. Outstanding. Semper yeah. Fi. <laughs> Way to go, Scott. Uh, but it, you're right about this, the, the Winter Olympics. It's... Uh, it's, but it's, and if you hear about people, you know, the Winter Olympic athletes complaining about the cold, yeah, that just kind of makes sense. You go, know, really? I mean, do, do do fish complain about being wet? I don't understand. <laughs> no. this is this is what you do. Are I they sports? That's the question. How many of these are really sports? Well, it's objective, right? Right? You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's you know, if you, in football, you, you know, in theory, you carry the ball across the goal line with in your in your grasp, six points, mm-hmm. six points every time. You make a triple axle, eh, 5-7, five, 5-4. Five, 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 Anything where you're looking at the event with five other people and you say, how did she do? And you get five different opinions. You don't have a sport. you got a contest. <laughs> That's right. That's a pie-baking contest. You know, I, no, I like Aunt Mary's better. No, no, no. Grandma Rosie, oh, that crust. Oh, I mean, God. It's, it's not... It, that's not a sport. No. And it no. doesn't diminish it. It doesn't take anything away from it. It's artistry. You know, it's beautiful. I mean, those, those people should be put on top of cakes. <laughs> but, but it's just not, you know, you can't go, hey, what, how are we sitting at halftime? <laughs> yeah. Doing all right? I mean, you can't uh, bet. No, I mean, if you can't, you can't bet, bet against the spread. No. No, and then it's not worthy. Game. If you can't bet on it, it's not a sport. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it, it's, and God bless it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's great. Yeah. But hey, the other thing I was wondering, too, you know, yeah. this is the thing that crossed my mind, Patrick, I was watching the biathlon. Oh, yeah? And I'm, That's I'm the thinking, gun thing, right? Yeah, they, they cross-country ski, and they stop, and then they shoot targets. And, they, you know, there's just like, you know, their heart's beating like a billion miles an hour, and they sit down and they plug five targets, boom, 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 boom. And you're like, Wow. Uh, how'd you like to be the official <laughs> in that event? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars, um, hey, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, good. <laughs> Calm down. Good. Uh, looks like your ski kind of went outside the zone here. So <laughs> we're going to have to disqualify. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Put I mean, can you imagine giving, having a sport in, in the U.S. where the athletes have firearms? <laughs> no. That, that's Go ahead. Make my day. <laughs> <laughs> That's that would be every NBA game, right there. Oh yeah, can, uh, Draymond Green with the green, with a gun in his hand. That's <laughs> anger management issues. Not good. Uh, no. Hey, you know what? Uh, uh, Common. Mm. We're going to take a short break here. We're going to come back and talk more about uh, what is a sport and what's not a sport on this uh, very special Winter Olympics edition of Weird Friends. How's that sound? Outstanding. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 345 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation, a very special Winter Olympics edition of The Common Man, for Weird Friends, on the Patrick Lally Show. And uh, Mr. Common, I just got another note from uh, uh, our, our, friend in, our friend in Florida. Davey. Mm. He wants to know if bonking is a sport. It involves a ball of sorts, and you can keep score. 
There's also a lot of running involved. <laughs> yeah. You know, bonking cars with snowballs. <laughs> probably well, not. We called it bonking. And, you know, is it a sport if it's illegal? I would say that's more likely a type 2 dis- misdemeanor. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. I yeah. don't think that's a good thing. No, no. Just, you know, but the uh, I will say that those were juvenile charges, so the records are sealed. I, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> hey, uh... Have, do you, I, I was on this uh, conversation about uh, uh, what's a sport and what's not a sport. I was uh, talking with Jeff Turn, our sister station, ESPN 99.1, and they have a similar conversation going over there. Mm-hmm. And people were getting mad about it, you know. But the the Winter Olympics actually has introduced a lot of different sports into, has made them sports that maybe were once activities. Like, you know, um, snowboarding, for oh. instance. Well, yeah, and and that's the thing. And, I, and snowboarding is great because I, I so enjoy it. First off, it's fun to watch, and the, and the athletes are fantastic. But it's more fun for me to watch the, uh, you know, the grizzled NBC, the traditional sports announcer person, mm-hmm. go up and try to interview <laughs> the ki- the kids and the medalists. Who medal in, in you know the the like snowboarding the half pipe mm-hmm. and these guys you know because it's it's so great because so it's it reminds me so much of you know Jess Bacoli talking to Mr. Hand <laughs> in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Hand, but since we're both here, isn't it really our time? <laughs> when you see like Dan Hill or some, somebody, the NBC guys go up and say, "Well, uh, Johnny, how how did the performance go today?" Oh man, we had a total dumper two days before competition. We couldn't get out, so we were stuck rooming with the two planks until we could get out on the kickers and really shred gnarl, kick some sweet tricks, and avoid the yard sale, man. We oh, really? <laughs> And you just see, like, Hoda Kotb or one of these people, their, their eyes just kind of glass over, it. Uh, you know. Uh, great, great. Yeah, uh, good, good. Yeah. What do your parents uh, think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you passed the drug test? You did. Oh, good, good. Okay. Yeah. You know, I saw just a little bit of, what is his name? Uh, speaking of old grizzled sports guys, um, and it's not, <laughs> it's not uh, famed, uh, Famed Sioux Falls sportscaster Pat O'Brien, um, but uh, uh, Jimmy Roberts isn't that his name? Jimmy oh, yeah, Roberts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's about five foot nothing. Oh yeah, guy. As most are. I, I don't know what was wrong with that guy. Okay, I think it was just bad makeup. I don't think it was his fault. But his face looked like it was this. It was an odd color and it was kind of puffy. And I'm <laughs> he's talking to these young journalists who are covering it. And I'm like, dude, you don't look good. <laughs> They didn't give him Costasai, did they? No, that's what I was thinking of, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, first Costas, now Jimmy Roberts, man. They're getting knocked out one right after another. He's like the ghost of, of, of Olympics past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it, you, you kind of expect Pat O'Brien to come back, right? Oh, sure. He's got to be, be out. He's got to be there somewhere. I imagine. It's got to be. If, if he's not, he should be. Because that, that's just, that's a, that's just a, the right type of an environment to release Pat O'Brien. <laughs> release the house. <laughs> release O'Brien. Where's, we should start a hashtag. Where's Pat O'Brien? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Because even like the last time he was covering the Olympics, the Summer Olympics for like court TV or something <laughs> like that. I well, that's a- yeah, there was an infraction. Uh, we're going to have to look into that. Uh, details to come. <laughs> but see, when you said that people were replying to, you know, getting contacting Jeff and they're super mad yeah. about those arguments like that, yeah. were, that's the other thing. That the, the Olympics always make, uh, just laugh out loud because people will be watching figure skating for the 10 minutes, you know, the, the two hours that they do every four years. Mm-hmm. And by God, they are incensed. At the scoring, yeah, <laughs> they like, oh my god, he hit that triple lutz. You gotta be kidding me! You know, all of a sudden, you're that this person is an expert in figure skating, uh, technical requirements that they could probably not even fathom. And yet, the two hours every four years that you watch, mm-hmm. you know that the Russian judge is completely in the tank. 
I, you know, are there any Russian judges this year? I think they all got well, banned along with the athletes. I know. Well, that's and that's kind of sad too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, well, we're gonna have a Bond movie, but eh, no villain this time. <laughs> they should have let him in just because we need that. Yeah, you gotta have Ivan Drago. Yeah. You gotta have somebody there. We will break you. <laughs> no, it's no fun. There's no bad guy. It's like no, you can't hate Norway. Oh yeah, you're gonna get upset with with Sven Svensson. No. no, you can't do that. That's just not right. Sven Svensson. There was a, I was watching curling, and it was Norway v Canada. You know, and they talk. You hear them talk, mm-hmm. and it was just like, yeah, that that guy's a Canadian, and that guy's a Norwegian. <laughs> There's no no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Red Stanglin book is going to break out somewhere. <laughs> oh, the Red Stanglin reference. About 4% of the audience got that one. But that's okay. The 4% that did really laughed. <laughs> famed broadcaster, Red Stanglin. And uh, Oli and Lena joke book author, Red Stanglin. Uh, the Norse Press. You gotta yeah. love them. Yeah, those, I mean, if you didn't, I think anybody our age, that we had every single one of those joke books and probably memorized them by the time we were 12. So it, it's... Constant source of enjoyment. Yeah, red was awesome. Um, you know, I was thinking about it though. You're t- I was talking about this earlier with ice skating. Mm-hmm. I hate ice skating. I mean, I hate figure skating. I really, oh. and and I don't think it's. I don't think I actually hate figure skating the sport. I hate the overwhelming coverage of of figure <laughs> skating. It's just like a man can only take so much Scott Hamilton in his life, <laughs> and I have hit my limit. You know, he's he's not. He, he's not bad, and Johnny and, and uh, Tara Lipinski do a, they do a great job, and and uh, but but it does it does suck all the air out of the room because that figure skating is you know the, the that is the the big cat. This goes on and on. And who is this? Who is this dude? The U.S. dude. He's he's very good, but he's a little over animated for my taste. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah, the guy, the kid, got the third place. Yeah, Johnny Robbins or whatever his name yeah, is. We, we, no, I thought the kid I'm thinking of, he told Mike Tirico, he said, well, how did you feel when you when you were about to take the ice? He says, I just wanted to skate over to the, the judge's table and ask them for a Xanax. <laughs> saw that. I just said, wow. But okay. Trico's, Trico's just like, okay, uh, Go, help can me. I, can I talk to Tom Brady? <laughs> to somebody, anybody who's just going to give me, you know, Glad to be here, trying to help the team. Yeah, you know the answers. <laughs> uh, uh, common man for Weird Friends, our special Olympic edition. Hey, so, uh, do you have a joke for us? An Olympic joke for us to get out of here? Well, two. Yep. Two. Yep. Oh, fire away. Well, we'll, we'll go. We'll start with this one and see if there's a need for another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you hear? And I'm always refer to our people. Mm-hmm. If we're going to make jokes like this. I said, did you hear about the Irish Olympian who won a gold medal? Mm-mm. Well, he was so proud of it, he had it bronzed. <laughs> That's good. What's the other one? Oh, okay. Gosh, I thought the, I was hoping you'd say no. Uh, <laughs> but the second one is uh, they're having the Summer Olympics. And they're having, they're having the, the breaststroke. Irish girl gets in the pool. rest of the girls finish in two minutes. She gets out. Exhausted. Forty-five minutes later, they put the taller on her. She's just near death from exhaustion. She goes, "Are you okay? Are you all right?" And she goes, "I don't mean to complain, but I think the other girls use their arms." <laughs> and with that, the common man. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay. Thanks, Patrick. See you later. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Corey Heidelberger of Dakota Free Press. We're going to talk about peer. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. 358 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Stay with us after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. We're going to be talking with Corey Heidelberger for the Blogger Showcase from DakotaFreePress.com. He's out in Pier. We're going to talk legislation. That's all coming up next on Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand. 
darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. It's going to be an all clash hour in the second hour of the Patrick Lally show here. Why? Because I can. That's why. Um, we are endeavoring to hook up with Mr. Corey Heidelberger, who is the blogger at Dakota Free Press uh, for the Blogger Showcase. He's out in Pier, and uh, my suspicion is that he has been trapped. He has been detained, unavoidably detained in some committee room somewhere, mercilessly being tortured by ongoing conversation about all kinds of nasty, nasty legislation. You know, or good stuff. It can be good stuff. Uh, it could be at the Stockmans too. You know, <laughs> he could have he could have gotten un- unavoidably detained at the Stockmans Club with the that place. I know it's famous and everything. With the, it's got the shavings on the floor and all. I've only been there a couple times, but I mean it's fine. I I shouldn't. It's a, it's a good place. It's got a it's got a lot of uh, local flavor. Is that you've been there before? No, I can say that I've never, I've been at the D, it was at the DNR. Oh yeah. Been at the DNR, but I've never been to the Stockman's. Yeah. So I, he may, that may be what happened. So yeah, we'll be watching, trying to hook up with Corey. But, uh, if, uh, if not, it's just Dan and I, we're fine. We're good with it. We're, we're capable of taking care of ourselves as it turns out. And, uh, you know, but looking at the legislature, I, uh, have been paying a little, you know, I pay some attention. I can't get everything into the show. I look for things that, that, you know, make me happy. And if you guys, maybe we should take this opportunity to take some calls too, Dan. We could do that, couldn't we? If you do, you have to, yeah. have to oh, that's do your right. special code. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Uh, as we're just talking here, well, I'll figure that out here in a second. Um, the, but in the legislature day, there's a couple of interesting things going on. One is, I think right now they're actually uh, debating uh whether or not homeschool kids, whether they should have one uniform state policy for homeschool kids who for athletics. So I imagine that's, it's in committee right now. I think it's in maybe state affairs. Can't remember which committee it's in, but this is a, a, appears to be a rather lengthy debate about uh, homeschooling and letting kids play in activities. And I didn't know this. The school, the individual school districts get to decide their own policy. Which is surprising to me. I don't know much about it, though. <laughs> so, but it's going on, and you can imagine where that would be a point of contention, you know, because people are going to say, well, I don't, you know, if, if you're not going to let my kids play activities, you know, participate in activities, I pay taxes, I already homeschool my kids, you should let me in. But then you have, if, if each school district has their own rules, just think of it this way. You have a school like Parker, and, and I'm just going to throw these hypothetical town names out there. So you've got Parker, who has these particular rules about how they allow homeschoolers to integrate into their school district. But then maybe you have Viberg, who has a different set of rules, and one might be more favorable to another. And maybe in some cases, depending upon the athletic abilities of the kids that might also be one of those elements that could fall into play here. So that's, you just never know how things are going to play out. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky one. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, it's, it's something that I think they need do need to deal with. It seems to be that a statewide policy actually would be better. I think Sioux Falls lets, you know, takes all comers essentially if you're in homeschool they have a they have a system by which kids can participate in activities if they are homeschooled so but I, I imagine there's a lot of different policies out there and my worry with a lot of these with local control stuff like this and and I I get local control I got no problem with that uh, in a lot of a lot of areas but you can get into all sorts of weird uh, relationship and history and problems when you when you get down to the local level in in a small town and that nothing against small towns but you know why should a kid be able to play in one district and not in another it's sort of you know that that seems like it's it's a situation that really needs a statewide policy 
And so, uh, you know, we'll see what comes out of that. That's one thing that they're uh, they're going after pretty hard today. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll continue this discussion in just a second uh, after this short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 416 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we continue our discussion of the legislature and other issues as as assigned. Uh, we have a few minutes here because we are unable to hook up with Mr. Corey Heidelberger. If you were tuning in to hear Corey, we'll get him back on. We'll get him on maybe tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure he got detained in, in some ugly committee meeting and uh, is not allowed to leave. That would be my bet. You know, rules, legislature, that kind of thing. Um, I did a couple other things. First of all, if you want to call into the show, if you got a comment, uh, you want to talk about the legislature, give us a call. We're at 338-KSOO. That's 338-5766 or 1-888-338-5766. Give us a ring and uh, we'll see if we can pull this off. Um, But a couple other things that happened today. The uh, transgender bathroom bill. Got shot down. I mentioned that in the opening of the show. Uh, 11 to 1, though. You know, this clearly is uh, the legislature saying, you know, Dugard's going to veto this anyway, so why are we going through this charade? And that's the right thing to do. I mean, I don't agree with the bill anyway. Uh, I think it's not been a problem. There's not really been any issues that need to be solved. Um, And this bill would have required schools to have their uh, policies posted and all these different things. It's just kind of silly. Um, and, you know, GWD vetoed it last year and so or a similar thing. And, you know, it's not worth wasting their time. They got a lot of other stuff to deal with. So that was the right thing to do, I think, today. Um, but it was pretty, pretty significant committee vote of 11 to 1. Uh, a lot of people there uh, uh, testifying against it, um, you know, so you can't you can't you can't argue with that being uh just from a purely practical standpoint you know it would it would seem to be something maybe you want to come back next year if that's what you want to do um another bill that was interesting that's going on and again if you want to chat with us 338-KSOO that's 338-5766-5766 and uh we're talking about the legislature um so there was there was a uh, a bill that would uh, allow um, committees to have subpoena power, which they don't right now. And this is clearly uh, a uh, reaction. Well, not clearly. It is a reaction to the whole issue of gear up and the, whether or not the uh, GOAC committee, which is, uh, you know, the... Uh, government operations and affairs committee or whatever that I, that's pretty close, but they meet during the summer. They were dealing with all the, uh, e, not EB five, the gear up controversy. And, uh, there was a lot of discussion about whether they should be able to subpoena witnesses. Well, they don't really have that power. And there was really, they were, they ended up spending a lot of time fighting about whether or not they had the power to do that. And, you know, at the committee level, it's kind of ambiguous. It's not something, it's not like Congress, where, you know, they can issue subpoenas and you can be held in contempt of Congress. Uh, this is a different deal altogether because it's state level and they don't normally get into this sort of thing. So, you know, I, to me, um, it seems an odd thing for uh, the GOAC to have subpoena power. I, I think that maybe is overreaching a little bit. I mean, there there are times, I think they need a process by which if the, legislature really wants to investigate something they would appoint a special committee etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think they can do that i think that they have more uh latitude to uh uh get into the as oversight of the executive branch um as i say this isn't congress it's not the same thing but they probably have more power than they've exercised or have been willing to exercise in the past uh obviously gear up with, which uh, started with a tragedy in uh, uh, out in um, is it Platte, White River? I, the town escapes me, but uh, White River, I think it was, 
Um, uh, no, what town was the was the where the house got burned down? That was Platt. Platt. Yeah, I had it right the first time. I didn't trust my own memory there, Dan. It's not good. But so you get into a situation like that where they want to find out what's going on. There should be a a, uh, a mechanism by which the legislature can do that. I don't know that granting subpoena power to uh, it wasn't all committees, but a, a collection of committees was probably a, a good thing, a good idea. Uh, it got shot down nine to two today. Um, so that that was an interesting development. Um, there was a couple other things that were very odd. Uh, and if you want to comment on any of this, you can call us at 338-KSOO. That's 338-5766. So, you know, we're getting into the, the meat of committee work now. They're very busy out there in Peron and uh, trying to filter through what is apparently a, a very heavy load of bills this year, which is kind of interesting. Um, there was one, a bill... Uh, HB 1291, and you know how much I hate bill numbers, but HB 1291, if you want to go to the Legislative Research Council uh, website and look it up, uh, it would change the process for nominating candidates for U.S. Senate. Uh, it would make it would make that a decision. Uh, it would make that a decision of uh, the legislature rather than voters, which is a, you know, you know, in the original Constitution. The original Constitution of the United States, the uh, the the states actually elected the Senate, which, you know, is a curious thing. All right. Well, we've got a call here. Just a second. And uh, that is our aforementioned guest, Corey Heidelberger, who, oh, is, well, who has arrived. That's that's awesome. So I just got to push this. I got to turn that up. I got to turn that on. And away we go. Mr. Heidelberger, are you there? Patrick, I am. I am so sorry to have missed your call. That's okay, man. How's Pierre? Well, it's great. That's the problem. We were embroiled in an hour-plus-long debate about the House Bill 1120 on allowing homeschoolers, or actually requiring every school district to allow homeschoolers to participate in their school activities. Well, that sounds... We were just talking about that. What a coincidence. Wow. Uh, so what was the outcome of that? Act, well, it was very interesting. The House killed it vote was 28 to 38 most of the uh, arguments on the floor were very passionately in favor of this bill there were very few people who spoke up against it um, but those who did especially tim johns from out in spearfish or from lead his main statement was the fatal flaw was that the bill does not provide for clear academic qualifications mm. for these homeschool students it doesn't say how we verify that they're meeting the same standards a typical public school student would have to have, you know, keeping their grades up so they can play. Mm, and apparently that argument uh, held sway along with the, you know, that being the main concern brought up, I think, by uh, superintendents. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting to me, I didn't realize that every district has, the, that they can make their own policies at the local level. Right. And, and so apparently uh, there are many districts that allow homeschoolers to participate, and it's out there. Um, and that was an argument that uh, Representative Roden made from out in Union Center. He said that for 15 years, we've allowed schools to experiment. It's obviously working at some schools. And so his conclusion was, therefore, the state should just say, schools, it's time for all of you to make this work. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you know, and we got about a minute here, do you know that if the bigger, is this a thing that happens in smaller districts, larger districts, or is it kind of just hodgepodge? I don't know, and apparently the Activities Association doesn't know. Uh, some of the representatives said they've asked for this data, and the Activities Association hasn't provided it yet. So, so we don't know what the what the trends are. That's fascinating that they don't have. I suppose if it's not a state policy, the Activities Association they're not going to keep track, right? Yeah, well, and they probably have bigger things to keep track of. They're just trying to run the state tournament and make it fair for everybody. So, if, if the schools are saying, and that's how local control works, if the mm -hmm. schools are saying these kids meet our standards. Activities Association is like, okay, let them play and make it work. That's very interesting. So that's been the debate, and it lost. Any sense that it might come back? Um, hard to say. I didn't hear any noise on the floor about reconsideration, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, that is, that's wild. Uh, Corey Heidelberger, he's the blogger at Dakota Free Press for Blogger Showcase. Uh, Corey, what are you doing tomorrow? When you hook back up with you tomorrow, we'll go into some if, more detail. If you can put up with me, I can be here for you at 4 o'clock tomorrow that's or whatever no, time works for you. That's no problem. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, Corey, thanks for taking a couple minutes for us. Glad to help.
Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, it's uh, time for the KSO Zambros Community Book Club. We're going to talk with Jacqueline Palfi, who's the founder of said book club. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000, KSOO. And it's that time of month again for the KSOO Zambros Community Book Club. And as always, we welcome Jacqueline Palfi, who is the founder of said book club, which has been running now for over a decade at Zambro's Variety downtown on Phillips Avenue. Jacqueline, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, we've been we, we've been doing this for a while now, and we, what we do here is you pick a book every month, and it can be any kind of book, really, for the book club. Tell everybody out there, how do you choose books? Um, I choose them in the classic way, which is by the cover. <laughs> I I mean, sort of. I read a couple reviews here and there, but mostly I just sort of follow what I'm interested in, and that'll lead me to something else. Um, And then you try to pick something that will be an interesting choice to discuss, and you look for a variety of age ranges. And, you know, when you look at it over the course of a year, topics, you know, we do a nonfiction book every year. Um, but mostly something that, that has something to talk about in it, which often means it's not always a happy book. Right, because... You know, literature is not always happy. No, we're all uh, every miserable family is miserable in its own way, right? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. We all ha- we all harbor our own misery, yeah. and <laughs> most certainly, uh, authors, writers harbor more misery than most, right? Yeah, and I like it dark, so you know. It works there you out. go. Speaking of dark, oh. uh, <laughs> nice, nice work on I that. I didn't even plan it. This month's book uh, is "The Dark Dark" by Samantha Hunt. Um, tell us about this book. What is it? Uh, this is a book of short stories, and um, she's written several books before, but this is her first collection of stories. And I picked this up because I came across a line from it somewhere else where she said, um, it, they were just talking about the book, and she said, my body made eyeballs, and I have no idea how. Mm. And anyone who's ever had kids saying, well, my body made eyeballs, and I don't know how that happened either. Like, it's a miracle. Um, but it's the entire book is about... Uh, I think NPR called it women in metamor- women in metamorphosis, mm-hmm. and so each story is a, a woman at the cusp of something, you know, either in her own mind or in a relationship she's in um, with a lover or a friend or a family member. But it's every story there's a, a, a change happening. And did you like the book? I loved it. I loved it more than anything I've read in a long time. Um, it was there's some fantastic things that happen in there and i'm i'm not generally into that sort of fantasy kind of writing but the way she tells it you just you suspend all your disbelief right away and you completely buy into it um there's a story about a woman who is turning into a deer at night and she's trying to figure out how am i going to tell my husband who's sleeping right next to me that every night when he falls asleep i turn into a deer and the, the whole story is like, okay, I'm gonna try, I have to figure out how I'm going to say this to him. What's he going to do? And they describe this happening to her and how her face like elongates and hardens and she, she balances with her hooves on the bed and looks down at him trying to figure it out. And, and then she eventually tells him. Well, that's quite the metamorphosis. It's, yeah. I mean, some of it is really <laughs> literal like yeah. that, you know. Um, and, and then some of it is much more subtle. I desperately want to know if she really is turning into a deer or not, but I'm not going to ask because I feel like that's giving away something in the story. <laughs> well, right? you know, I don't know. You don't know. I mean, I know what happens in the story, but that doesn't mean it happens. That's right. And that's what's fascinating about it. So uh, this is a, a collection of short stories um, all by the same author. Yep. Uh, how, many, how many stories are we talking about here in this book? Um, there's not a ton, maybe yeah. eight or ten. Yeah. You know, um, some of them are pretty short. Uh, there's one, um, one longer one, and it, it's odd because it's bookended by two stories. One, one story of something happening, and then the last story is people talking about what happened in the first story. So it's strange, like that. Um, but you know, some of them are longer than others. None of them are, you know, novella length, but. Novella being, you know, there's there's sort of a, uh, these are subjective measurements, right? Right. Short was, story to novella to novel. Yeah, and I would say, you know, they're, 
I don't think even the longest one is, you know, 60 pages. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd have to look, but. Mm -hmm. Because then you're starting to encroach upon novella territory. Correct. I don't know where the borders are for that, but we don't get there in this book. I, generally speaking, if a, if I see a book, a standard, you know, size book at 250, 300, 400 pages, and there's three stories, I call those novellas. I would agree with you on If that. there are 10, then they're short stories. I would agree. Well, that's pretty easy. Yeah. But it is, our, I mean, we've just made up, there's no standards for these There things. probably is, but I, you know, I'm talking, so I'm not Googling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll uh, wait for your listeners to tell me that. The book is The Dark Dark by Samantha Hunt, and if you are interested in getting involved with the Zambro's KSOO Community Book Club. Uh, it meets at Zambro's, which is downtown uh, on Phillips Avenue between 10th and 11th Streets. If you've not been there, you should go anyway. But the book club meets there. What happens at the book club, Jacqueline? Um, we go around and everyone says their name and what they thought of the book. So everyone gets a chance to talk. And then we just open it up to discussion. Um, and it sort of follows whatever people are interested in. We spend a lot of time talking about the actual book and the language in it and the plot and the characters and uh, trying to understand their motives for things. So if you think about it, it's like gossiping about people you all know, right? I mean, that's what happens. You try to figure out what they did and why they did it mm -hmm. and, and then it, judge it. <laughs> and the interesting thing about short stories is um, you get, particularly if it's by one author, you sort of get pulled into the author's style and yeah. the author's vision and all that. Uh, but it's told through lots of different perspectives. All women, yeah. In this case. But you yeah. get to see, I mean, you get to, yeah. And if you don't like one story, don't worry, because you can read the next one. Mm -hmm. And then you can, why would you put all, you can talk about why would you put all of these particular stories together? And why right. do you put them in the order you put them in? All of that matters, too. Is, beyond the, the theme of women in metamorphosis, do you see any common ties in these stories? Or are they really wildly different? Uh, well, they're all about questioning. You know, questioning why you're doing what you're doing and why the people around you are doing what they're doing. So it, there, it's a lot of living inside each character's head, which I kind of like. Yeah. You know, um, you know, there's one of my favorite stories. There's a a, a, a woman who realizes she she can't decide if her husband is, still lives there or not. You know, she's like, we, you know, we barely have any kind of relationship. Maybe he's mm -hmm. just gone and I don't know it wow. is what she says. And then she um, locks him out of the house one night and, and she can't decide what to do. And he says, unlock the door. Um, I release the lock. I open the door. That's the best definition of love. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's great. We're going to come right back with Jacqueline Palfi and we're going to talk more about the KSO Zambro's Community Book Club. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we're back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. We're continuing our conversation with Jacqueline Palfi. She is the founder of the KSOO Zambros Community Book Club, formerly known as the Zambros Community <laughs> Book Club. I have just glommed onto it because I like books. Um, and we've been talking about this month's book, The Dark Dark, uh, by Samantha Hunt. And you can go to Zambros on Thursday night. I don't think we said this before. Thursday night, 630. Yep. And uh, show up at Zambros and... Uh, discuss the dark, dark, um, and, you know, sort of life in general, but mostly about the book. We and, stick to the book, but I mean, yep. literature is about life. So. That's right. There you go. Um, this book, uh, the dark, dark is short stories and I, I love short stories and maybe it's because I don't always want to commit to a novel. <laughs> short attention span. Short attention span. I can, you know, sometimes just in one sitting, depending on who the author is. Uh, what are your thoughts on short stories? Are you a big fan or not? You know, I mean, obviously I was an English major, so I read a ton of them in college. And then I didn't read a lot after that. Um, and late, I don't know if maybe they're getting better lately or I just have a different appetite for them lately. But I find myself gravitating more and more. To, maybe this is an age thing and I'm getting a shorter attention span. This may be the actual issue here. Um, but I love them and I love them more and more. Yeah. And, uh, I often find that some of those short stories, for whatever reason, stories that I've read over the years have stuck with me mm -hmm. more than some of the novels, yes, the I would images agree with and that. all that. And I, I don't know why that is. I, some of the lines from them, I'm, maybe because the author has to distill everything, you only have so much room to mm -hmm. tell your story. Maybe 10,000 so, words. Yeah, yeah, so everything has to count. Yeah. So... Tell me, what are some of your favorite short stories? 
Um, one of my absolute favorite story, short stories is A&P by John Updike. Um, and it's it's about this kid who works in a grocery Have you read the story? I think so. Okay. It's about this kid who works in a grocery store and, you know, he's just leaning against the cash register on a hot day. And these um, three girls walk in in their bikinis and mm-hmm. he's a high school kid and he is blown away by watching these girls walk through the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's, it's a coming of age story. And, you know, there's a, a line in there where he says he's, he's following them and thinking about their lives. And he said, I slid down her voice right into her living room. Mm. So he hears her talk and, and imagines what her life is like. But, but I've thought of that line over and over. Um, and then at the end, he, he quits his job. And he says, um, you know, the, the store manager is like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell your parents about this. And they're not going to be very happy with you, young man. And he's like, yep, okay, well, I quit. And he walks out and he says uh, he realized how life, how hard life would be for him after this. Because just because of everything he had. Because you can't unsee. The, the transformation. Yeah, you can't, can't unsee it. Eventually these, you're going to see I saw these that. girls <laughs> and I'm out of here. You know, but you just realize that this, this life I'm leading in the grocery store isn't what I want to do. I'm yeah. meant for more than this. But. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's so weird because my favorite, the one I remember the most, I don't know if it's my favorite. And it's weird because it's Stephen King. Master of the short story. And I I read so much Stephen King as a teenager, as many people do. But the short story that sticks with me is one called Strawberry Spring. Um, And I think about it every time we get a big February thaw, because that's supposed to be, that's the strawberry spring. Okay. Is the big thaw before it actually does become spring. You know, it gets cold again. And the whole story, though, is about a brother and sister who had lost touch. And, um, it's amazing. Is that their big thaw? I, I, they hit. Yeah. There, there's no, because they, it, it references their childhood, the strawberry spring of their okay. childhood and not to give it away, but she couldn't fulfill the promise to him from their childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's what just, was it in? what collection was it in? Or did you just, uh, read it on the side. No, I think it was um, uh, night sh- night stand night shift night shift. It was okay. Yeah, it had yeah. the hand on the cover because the guy, <laughs> the guy yes. who had the eyeball in his hand yes. was the yes. story. Um, there was some uh, lawnmower man is in that one, yep. and just about the guy who there's the one about the guy who drinks some. He drinks a case of beer every day, and he gets a bad case of beer, and he turns into a big amoeba. You know, it, it's just awesome stuff like that. But this one in particular stands out because there's no real science fiction-y kind of mm-hmm. horror involved in it. It's just a story about a brother and a sister. Because that's where you learn to write, right? Short stories. Well, it's one way. And, you know, you say it like, okay, my favorite short story is a short... You, you defend yourself about Stephen King. And mm-hmm. I don't think people should do that. No. You know, if you... He's a great writer. Yeah. You know, like, just because someone is popular or writes a certain style doesn't mean there's not an absolute art to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So stop saying it okay. that way. Well, he also scarred me for life in some other ways <laughs> that I can't go into now. Um, Jacqueline Palfi, she's founder of the Zambros Community Book Club that we've glommed onto to rename KSOO Zambros Community Book Club. Uh, this month's book is The Dark Dark by Samantha Hunt. Uh, you go down to Zambros, 6.30 on Thursday evening, this Thursday. It's always the what, third Thursday? Third Thursday of every month. Uh, what's what's next month's book? Um, I wrote this down. What is next month? Uh, the History of Wolves by Emily Fridland. And it's a, a coming-of-age story about a woman, um, a girl, who lived on a commune in northern Minnesota. Well, there you go. Okay. Can you come of, you, I suppose, at some point, a, a commune story is always a good story, right? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Because it's so full of hope and yet disappointment. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> when, once you leave the commune, it all goes downhill after that. Uh and I think some people would think it may be the other way, yeah. too. You know, like <laughs> that's right. The, <laughs> a little uh, something for everyone there. Um, and Zambros downtown yep. on Phillips Avenue between 10th and 11th always has the books. Absolutely, and you get a discount. And you get, get a, a discount, discount if you're if you go and say I'm part of the book club. Yep. Or they always if you just wandered in and happened to buy the Dark Dark, would it be 10 percent off no matter uh, what? Probably not. Yeah. They always have them right up front there. So if you want to know anything more about what's going on with the book club, you also can follow along through social media, correct? Absolutely. The Zambros Community Book Club Facebook page. 
You should need to rename the KSO Zambroski. Yes, I'm going to get right on that. <laughs> as soon as I get out of here, it's going to happen. Uh, awesome. And uh, again, it's this Thursday. This Thursday, always the third Thursday of the month yep. at Zambro's, 630. Come down and hang out with like-minded people. Um, but you don't have to. You can just sort of follow along in, in uh, from the outside with yep. ever, ever going to the book. And we do. I mean, we... We sell more books than we have people who come, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I think we've lately had maybe 10 to 15 people and, you know, people will come for a few months and then leave and then come back and that's fine. I just want people to read and talk about it and engage with us and you don't have to be there to do that. That's awesome. Jacqueline, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we have come to the end of another Patrick Lally Show. Couple things I would like to keep you folks up to date on: one, the markets. Hey. The stock market, all major indices closed up today, which is good news for everybody, right? We like indices being up. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average finished up 410 points to 24,601, still a big number. NASDAQ up 107 to 69.81, just below 69.82. And the S&P 500, the broader measure of the index of the market, up 36.45 to 2,656. So we all made money today. How about that? There it is. Money. There we go. It's a shame. I don't remember what that. It's a, it's a Pink Floyd song, right? Yes, you it know? is. I was never a big Pink Floyd guy, you know? Anyway, so we're all making money. Good thing, uh, thing there. Although only half of you are making money because only half of all Americans are in the market even counting 401ks, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Coming up on February 16th, 17th, 18th, that in fact is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 38th annual Artists of the Plains Art Show and Sale. That's from 5 to 9 Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 on Saturday, and 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Sioux Falls. It's free and open to the public. It features artwork from more than 25 local and regional artists from five states, including Augustana University students. That's uh, You can get more information there if you go to augie.edu, Center for Western Studies. You'll find it by Googling 38th Annual Artists of the Plains Art Show and Sale. Sounds like a good activity for a weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hey, coming up on the show tomorrow, we're going to chat with Randall Beck and Jack Marsh. It's going to be an odd show because it's two of my former bosses in the room at the same time. Things could get ugly. But uh, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna tune in for that. Uh, that's uh, uh, in the second hour tomorrow. That'll be a good time. Also, the Boon Man will be in for his new Tuesday appearance on the show. That really would be a great discussion starter. What would happen if you had two of your former bosses in the room with you? Well, we're gonna find out tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O.